uh, a revelant, a um, fresh word from heaven. I believe that God wants us to uh, focus on what we're going to be talking about today. Um, today, we're going to be talking, and the Lord spoke to me um, this certain scripture, and I was like, well, that could go a number of ways. So, Lord, what is it you want to talk about today? You know, I said this a, a few days ago, and the Lord wanted me to testify of the Lord to give the testimony of the Lord, to basically brag on the Lord, to testify of who it is that we serve. Amen. And so we're going to be talking about the testimony of the Lord. And I'm starting off today with Psalms 100 verse 5. And I'm going to testify of God and who we serve. He is so good. Amen. He is such a good God that we serve. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues to every generation. Aren't you glad that God didn't just love the Israelites back there, um, you know, when they were um, getting set free from slavery, that those weren't just the ones that he loved, that he endures and he's faithful and he loves every single generation of us that love him. Amen. So he, his love endures forever. He's faithful to every single generation. God does not change. Amen. He stays the same. The word of God says it in Hebrews 13, 8, that God, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he loved them then, his people, he loves us now. If he wanted to deliver them then, he wants to deliver us now. If he wanted them to walk in healing and health and wholeness, he wants us to walk in it now, today. Amen. That's the good God that we serve. His faithful love endures to every generation. So I just gave myself time to dwell on, to think on, and just to meditate on the fact that he is so good. He is so faithful. I'm sure each one of us have a number of testimonies of, of God's faithfulness and of his goodness. Amen. Um, I know that we could probably have a whole bunch of testimonies of all the attacks of the enemy as well. But God doesn't want us to focus on that. And too many people walk around talking about what the enemy's doing in their lives or what the enemy's doing in society. But God doesn't want you to be focusing on that. He wants you to be focusing on him and his faithfulness and his goodness. The devil's getting too much testimony. And God's the one who should be getting the glory and the praise. Amen. Hallelujah. Psalms 119, um, 89 and 90 says this, your word is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. So your faithfulness continues again through all generations. You establish the earth and it endures. So when God says something, that settles it. When God declares or promises something, it's done. That settles it. You know, yes and amen. So be it. That settles it. No matter what it looks like, if God has spoken something, he does not fail to act or carry it through. He's going to take care of it. Amen. It looked like, you know, sometimes the going gets tough. You know, it looked like to the Israelites, like they weren't going to enter into the promised land. Or it looked like for a long time, because they had received this promise of the deliverer, many, many hundreds of years before they received a deliverer. But was God faithful to carry it through? Yes, he was. Amen. And so we're going to be talking a little bit about that today, but, but we need to realize and reflect on the goodness and faithfulness of God and how he always carries it through and how his love and his promises endure as well as his word forever. It's an everlasting word. It's an everlasting gospel. It's always going to work. Amen? If we'll apply it to our lives. Aren't you glad that God can be trusted to keep his word? Yeah. Amen? Hebrews 10.23 says, God can be trusted to keep his promises. You know, he can be trusted to take care of you. He can be trusted to take care of your family. He can be trusted to take care and supply your needs. He can be trusted to heal your bodies and set the captives free. Why? How do I know this? Because he says it in his word. And his word is everlasting and it endures forever. So God just wanted me to get up here and testify of his faithfulness and of his goodness today. Because some people need some reminding that God is good. Some people need some reminding because sometimes the Bible says that the thief comes in to kill, steal, and destroy, but God's come that you might have life, an everlasting life, abundant life. 
Sometimes we focus too much on what the enemy is doing or trying to do and the attacks of the enemy in our lives, and we get distracted and we get our minds off the fact that we've been saved. We've been set free. We're going to live in eternity in heaven. Amen? We're, we sometimes get distracted from focusing on the fact that God is so good and so faithful. Um, I don't know about you, but you, you can probably raise your hand for this one. How many of you, God's brought you through one thing or another? How many of you are on the other side of one or two storms in life? Thank you, Jesus. We have something to shout about. We have something to be excited about. We have something to testify of God's goodness and of his faithfulness. Amen. And if he did it before, he'll do it again. Why? Because he's the same God. Same God that he delivered you before, he'll deliver you again. The same God that healed you or set you free before, he'll do it again. Amen. Because he's the same He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word endures forever to every generation. It doesn't stop with you. Thank you, Lord. We can preach this to our children and our children's children because it's going to be the same. Amen? He's not going to change. Isaiah um, 55, 11, he says it to us. He declares it to us. He says, my word will not return unto me void. It will accomplish that to that which I've sent it. He sent his word to you and I. He sent his word to heal you and I. He sent his word to deliver you and I, to save you and I. And he says his word will not return to him void. When he sends it out, he's going to accomplish that which he sent it out for. Amen. And that just kind of that kind of just helps us remember the things that maybe he's spoken to you by his word or spirit. If he has spoken something into your life that the plans that he has for you or the the provisions he has for you or the healing or deliverance that he has for you by his word or spirit, then hold him to it. It's okay to remind God the word God says, remind God of the things that he has told you. I do that every single day day. Remind him of what he has spoken, whether by his spirit or by his word, what he has spoken to my heart. Why? Because I'm just letting him know I still trust him. I'm letting him know I know he's faithful to finish the work that he has began. He began it by speaking it to me, and I'm not going to let him go on it. Amen? Some people just give up when the going gets tough. The Israelites would have never entered that promised land. You know, they they saw um, a Red Sea, That stood in between them. But God was faithful, brought them through that. Then they felt hungry. God rains manna down from heaven. Then they get tired of that. God gives them quail. Then, you know, they're thirsty. God gives them water. You know, it's like one thing after another, uh, reasons and, and, and things that stood in the way of the promise that God had for them. But yet God was faithful and his love and his forgiveness. And thank God for his mercy enduring forever and being new every morning. Right? And so because sometimes, like the Israelites, they get focused on what they don't have and not on what they do have. And we need to stop doing that because when you're thankful, like if you're a a parent and your children are thankful for what they do have and they're not always complaining about what they don't have, you kind of have a stronger desire to want to pour more blessing into their lives. And we need to look at ourselves as children of the Father God. We need to start being more thankful and reflecting on the goodness and faithfulness of God if we're desiring more of the kingdom of heaven and more of the blessings of heaven. We can't expect, you know, the, God was pretty angry with the Israelites. He had done so much for them. Here they were complaining and they wanted to go back into slavery because they were complaining about what they didn't have and wasn't, they weren't being thankful for what God had brought them through. And what God did, which was deliver them. And they saw these miracles and these signs and his wonders. And it might be the same for you and I. We've seen miracles, signs and wonders. We've seen God heal, God deliver, God save, God set us free. God turn our lives around from being in sin and bondage. And he set us free and put us on the right track, the road to heaven. But yet sometimes when we're attacked by the enemy, we get distracted and discouraged. And that's what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to distract you. He's trying to discourage you so that you don't give God glory. And so that you don't get any more breakthrough. And so you don't get any more provision. He's trying to stop up the heaven's blessings from coming into your life. And that's what he was trying to do. He was trying to work um, a spirit of murmuring and complaining and, and um, unthankfulness in the hearts of the Israelites 
so that he could stop up the provision, the blessing, the promise from being fulfilled in their lifetime. You know, it doesn't mean that God's word wasn't true, but they were, they were yielding to what the enemy was trying to do. And it stopped up the blessing for some time. You know, some people didn't get to see the fulfillment of the word, but it was still going to be fulfilled because God's word endures forever. He said, I watch over my word to perform it. He sent it out and said, there's going to be a deliverer. You're going to have a promised land. I, uh, there's not going to be a feeble among you. All this stuff. And he fulfilled his word. But some things delayed, you know, delayed things from people being able to receive it because of their unfaithfulness, not because of God's unfaithfulness. So we, it's so important for the body of Christ to not focus on the negative, not focus on the attacks of the enemy, but he's given you authority over all the power of the enemy so that nothing will by any means hurt you. To stand your ground and to keep looking and keeping your eyes focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen? 2 Corinthians 1.20, I'm just going to be listing a whole bunch of scriptures telling us that he is faithful. Um, 2 Corinthians 1.20, it says, His promises are always yes and amen. Like, so be it, that settles it. If he promised it to you, he's faithful to bring it through. Amen? And so when you, when you have the word of God, you read it, you hear it, you meditate on it, and you receive it into your heart, you can hold God to that word because he is faithful to finish the work that he's begun. He is faithful to carry his word through. Acts 10.34, I'm thankful for this because um, sometimes we get into being ungrateful or unthankful for, for what's going on in our lives because we look at someone else's life who's being blessed. And that shouldn't be the case because God's no respecter of persons. Yeah, so, so if you see someone other, some other um, believer being blessed, you can rejoice and, and be thankful for them, but also rejoice because, oh, man, God's no respecter of persons. If that's accessible to them, it's accessible to me. Amen? It's accessible to me. And so God's no respecter of persons. You know, I love that because it was every genre of people that God brought out of the, into the promised land. You know, old, young, you know, rich, poor, you know, they had little, they had nothing, you know, they had everything, whatever the case, he brought them all out into the promised land. He fulfilled his word. And, and so he can save um, whoever is following him, whoever decides that they're going to be thankful and grateful and pursue him with all their heart. In Jeremiah 1.12, he says, I will watch over my word to perform it. Amen? And so when we meditate on the word of God and let his word sing into our hearts and, and reflect on the goodness of God, you can have this assurance because he says, I will watch over my word to perform it. It's not our job. It's our job to believe and to be thankful and remind him of his promises. But it's his job to fulfill it. Amen? It's his job to fulfill it. we got to not get into doubt and unbelief, but be thankful that he is going to watch over his word to perform it. And so um, the word of God says the entry of his word brings you light. And so that's why it's so important to be reading his word and, and sitting in church and, and hearing his word is because you start hearing what's yours. You start hearing the promises of God. And the minute his word enters your heart, um, it brings light and understanding of what's yours. Amen? And when you hear what's yours, it's like his word was just sent out into your heart, and he will watch over that word or that seed to perform it in your life. And so the more you read the word, the more seeds you're getting in your heart. The more you can hold God to and say, God, you said this. God, I want this because this is mine because you spoke it to my life. Um, that's the beginning of God doing a work when God's word enters your heart. Amen. So, um, Philippians 1.6, he said, from that point, he says, you can be confident that the very thing that he began, that good work, that seed of the word that was sown into your heart, that he who began a good work in you, that he's faithful to complete that work until the day of Christ Jesus. He's faithful to finish the work. He's faithful to watch over his word to perform it. 
Amen. We're not just here to, to ha- hear a good little message and, and leave and not a, have it be applied and, and work in our lives. We're here to receive God's word, have knowledge, enter our hearts or light, enter our hearts, and then be able to grab hold of what belongs to us and run with it and let God watch over his word to perform it. But a lot of times um, we're not walking in the fullness of what God has for us because we're ungrateful. We're focusing on what the enemy is doing and we're not giving God the permission he needs to work in our hearts and in our lives. So we need to be careful. Put a guard over our mouth, a guard over our mind, cast down the thoughts that are contrary to what's pleasing to the Lord and uh, keep focused on God's faithfulness and God's goodness. I know bad things happen. I know there's attacks to the enemy. The Bible warns us. He warns us in 1 Peter 5, 8 that there's a devil, you know. He warns us that there's an enemy out there like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. He warns us of it. But we have overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by what Jesus did, and the word of our testimony. What's our testimony? God is faithful and he will deliver me. Amen? Jadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were faced with a fiery furnace if they would just continue to worship the Lord. Well, guess what? They were determined that God was faithful and he would deliver them. Why? Because they knew he was a covenant-keeping God. They knew that if he didn't watch over his word and perform it, that he was a liar. And God straight up says it in his word, I am not a liar. I am not a man. I keep my word. Amen? And so when God keeps his word, you can hold him to it. They held him to it, truly. And they go into the fiery furnace, and they're not singed. They're not burned. They're not smelling like smoke. Jesus joins them in this fiery furnace, and they, don't, they come out of that furnace. And you might be, you know, in a, a midst of a situation at your job or in your family or whatever it might be, and you feel like you're in some kind of fiery furnace. But I want to encourage you to focus on God's faithfulness. Focus on God's faithfulness. Be determined that God will deliver you and set you free from that. Because that's why um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were brought out in, in total deliverance without the smell of smoke on them. Because they weren't focusing on the fact, oh no, we're going into the fire, oh no, we're going to be burned, oh no, you know, whatever, whatever. They were just focused on the fact that God's faithful and he would deliver them. Amen. And so that's what happens. The supernatural takes place and God's faithfulness and and miracle signs and wonders take place in our lives when we're focused on being thankful for what he has done for us. And then he has the permission to work a miracle in your life, to watch over his word, to perform it. We want to give him permission, right, to do miracles in our lives. We want to give him permission to watch over his word, to perform it. Then you need to hold on to that word. Guard your heart. Guard your heart. Be confident in his word, he says, because he is faithful to finish the work that he began. When God sows a seed of his word in your heart, like today, we're going to have to do some adjusting. I feel it already, you know. Oh, you know, I recognize that I was complaining about this or complaining about that. Or I recognize that I was worried about this or that and focused on this negative and that negative. That's not God's will. God's will is that you would be thankful and that you would focus on him and not on these attacks of the enemy. That's Because then he is faithful to fulfill what he's began in you. So thank you, Lord, that you're faithful um, to bring us through what might seem impossible. You might be faced with a seemingly impossible situation. You might think that you can't get through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Abednego couldn't get through that without God. So why not just focus on the Lord then instead of trying to do it on your own? Why not just be thankful and, and start looking up all the times God brought people through, um, whether it's deliverance that you need or freedom or salvation for a loved one. Start focusing on all God's promises about deliverance, about freedom, and start thanking him that he's a deliverer. Start thanking him that he's a savior. Start thanking him that he's your healer. Let the entrance of his word bring light to you so you can focus and thank him for being that promise to you. Because then he will watch over that word that you're sowing into your heart, and he'll perform that in your life. Amen?
This is so important that we get the word of God in our heart and not neglect it. Um, we love the spirit of God. We love the presence of God, the glory of God. But what is he going to manifest if you don't have the word? It was the word that the Holy Spirit watched over and performed, um, created in the heavens and the earth and everything that is in them. It was the spoken word of God. And that's what we preach, and that's what we're supposed to be reading, is the word of God. When we get the word spoken to our hearts, whether it's by the Holy Spirit, by reading, or by the preaching of the word, when we let that word come into our hearts, it's the Holy Spirit's job to watch over it and perform it. But if you never have the word of God go out and be sown into your heart, what does he have to watch over and perform? Nothing. Nothing. His word and his spirit together create an explosive force of the supernatural. But if you have one without the other, you can go into a church and hear the word and have no spirit and it kind of be dull. You can have all spirit and have it get real flaky. But when you have the right spirit with the word preached by the spirit of God, you've got the presence of God that can do a work, do a miracle. Amen? Amen. So I just was thinking about his faithfulness and of his goodness to carry through his word in even seemingly impossible situations. And like I said, I'm sure you all have testimonies of that. And um, I believe God wants to give you an opportunity to share some testimony today. But um, God's a promise-keeping God, and whatever he speaks, he carries it through. So I was thinking about mainly the Israelites because these are his promised people. These are his people he loved, and, and he promised them deliverance from slavery. Well, guess what he did? And I mean, they talked about it. They preached about it. And they believed it. And guess what happened? They were delivered out of slavery. And it, it came in, in a really strange form. You know? One of their own people gets raised up in, in, the, in Pharaoh's house. Who would have thought that that's the way God would have done it? Same thing happened with Esther, really. But God is faithful to deliver his people. Um, and that's what he spoke over them. He, he speaks to, to Moses and tells him to part the Red Sea. Well, that's pretty impossible. But when God speaks a word of wisdom or knowledge to a, a minister or a child of God, and you act in obedience, you're holding him to his word. You're telling him he's faithful to watch over that word, to perform it. So you're acting out in obedience, and it's his job to watch over it, to perform it. So... Um, we had a guy come forward and testify um, on Friday night that he had his left foot was completely healed. Um, when Cindy Stewart was here, I got up and I was having this pain in my left foot. I don't have pain in my feet, but I was having this, this like pulsing pain and I just like knew that it was a word of knowledge. So I got up and said, there's somebody here with a, a pulsing pain in their left foot and there was only one guy who came up. <clears throat> And he came, and this is like, what, how many, three weeks ago now? Um, he came up last night, and he said, just so you know, it left that night and never came back. Amen. How does that happen? All I did was get up and testify what God's doing, and God watched over his word to perform it. It wasn't my job to heal anybody, but I was just supposed to testify of what God was showing me he was doing. And so the same thing happened with Moses. God showed him um, him lifting up his arms and parting the Red Sea. Now, that was impossible for Moses. Impossible. But when you act upon God's word, I hope you're getting this, when you act upon God's word that's sown into your heart, whether it's through a dream, a vision, or through the spoken word, or a red word of God, and you act upon it, it's God's job to watch over it and perform it in your life. Amen? And that's what we need to be focusing on. That's what we need to be looking at, that God's faithful to fulfill his word and watch over it and stop looking at the attacks of the enemy. What you're doing, let me just say this, is what you're doing is you're giving the enemy more permission to do more attacks in your life. You know, I'm sure that you've been there too where you start focusing on the attack and it just starts to seem to get bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, and it's just this tangled web that you just can't get undone. God does not want that for his children. He wants you set free, delivered, saved. He wants you receiving all that he has purchased for you from the kingdom of heaven. But you're going to have to focus on him 
his word and what he can accomplish in your life. Um, I just spoke about it, uh, Jer- um, Jericho and, and the walls falling. That was a promise. That was a spoken promise. He speaks this to Joshua. Has this ever been done before? No. So it's not like he even had something to compare it to. Oh, yeah, God, you did it for them. He'll do it for me. He had nothing to compare it to. He, he obviously walked through the, the Red Sea, so he's seen God do that. But God speaks a word, and he steps out in faith and knows that God's going to watch over that word to perform it. And so when God speaks to your heart, whether it's through the word or spirit, we need to make sure that we're taking him at his word and thanking him for it no matter what it looks like, not get distracted by this thing or that thing, and know that he is faithful no matter what it looks like, that he's going to watch over his word to perform it. That's what brings the miracle. That's what brought the miracle for Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for Moses, for the Israelites, for, for Joshua at the Battle of Jericho, is just simply taking God at his word and focusing on that, thanking him that he's a faithful, promise-keeping God, and then he comes in and he's got the permission by you to do the work. Let's not stop up heaven from giving us the promises. Because our, our griping, our complaining, our, our moaning and groaning about this thing or that thing that's trying to happen in our lives or come against us is not doing us any good. He tells us to think about, you know, things above. He tells us to think on things that are pure, lovely, honest, and of a good report. If it, if it gives him any praise or any worship, then you're allowed to think on those things. So if what's coming out of your mouth is not giving him praise, not giving him worship, not glorifying him, if what you're thinking and dwelling on is not giving him praise, worship, or glorifying him, then you're really stopping up heaven's blessing. You're really giving the enemy permission to come in and kill, steal, and to destroy. And I'm pretty sure that I know each one of you doesn't want to give the enemy permission to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But you want to give God permission to give you that life and life more abundantly. See, we don't really always realize that we have a part to play in this life. We have a part to play. We, we either believe God and hold him at his word, or we're going to gripe and complain and believe the enemy and what he's saying. Which one are you going to give permission to, to work in your life? So we're talking about the faithfulness and the testimony of the Lord. We need to remind ourselves that God is good and he's the faithful covenant promise-keeping God so that when we go through a storm, we hold on to those promises and keep declaring it and reminding God of what he said. Because that gives him permission to keep working on that in our lives. Amen? And we know from, from the word here, from the Israelites, that sometimes it takes a little time, but just hold fast to your confession of faith. Don't waver in it. Don't waver in believing that God will come through, that he is faithful to bring that provision and that blessing to you. Amen? He's faithful to all generations. Joshua 21.45 says, Not a single one of God's promises that the Lord had given to the family of Israel was unfulfilled. Not a single one. Everything that he had spoken came true. That's the God that we serve. Every single promise, he's faithful to carry it through. We need to focus our attention on that and realize, you know what? The God that delivered Israel, that made him all these promises, there wasn't one single promise that didn't come true. And guess what? He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. So if he has made you a promise by his word or by his spirit spoken into your life, he will carry it through, but you've got to keep on believing. Don't let your faith rock. He says, he who is like a wave of the sea, you're rocked between um, believing and not believing, believing and not believing. He says, let that man not think he'll receive anything from the Lord. We ruin our, our blessing. We hinder and stop up our blessing by getting into... Um, you know, murmuring, complaining, doubt, and unbelief. We get into that, and we're going to be like a wave of the sea that's tossed to and fro. We're not going to receive anything from the Lord. If we get into murmuring and complaining, I'm going to show you that from the Word. But if you keep your eyes on Him and His faithfulness and goodness, you give Him permission to watch over His Word to perform it. Amen? And thank the Lord for His mercy. You know, I mean, there was a generation of people who didn't get to go into the promised land. But 
God was faithful and he fulfilled his word still to those who kept their eyes on him. There was a few that got to enter in. I don't want to be one of the ones that don't get to inherit the promise. I want to receive and see with my own eyes the faithfulness and goodness of God. His words carried through in my life, in this church, in our family. I want to see this all take place. How am I going to see that? I'm going to hold him true to his word. I'm going to count him faithful to to deliver, to save, to set free. I'm going to say, Lord, you're faithful, and you watch over your word to perform it, and you said this, this, and this. I hold you to your word, Lord. I believe your word. I'm not going to doubt. I'm not going to get into that because that's given the enemy permission. The Bible tells us to give no foothold to the enemy. You know, and so right now, if you're walking in obedience and you're walking in in faith in God, you have the door shut on the enemy. But the minute you give him a foothold, that's the minute that, so my foot's out the door. And, you know, you can't shut the door when your foot's out the door. And the minute you give him a foothold, he can kind of barge his way in and keep working. The minute you start dwelling on the negative or the attacks of the enemy and, and you start dwelling on it, you've given him a foothold. Now you're ready for all kinds of attacks of the enemy. And God doesn't want that for his kids. He wants you to be blessed. There, John 1, 2 says, um, Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper, that you would be in health, and that your soul would prosper. He wants us blessed. He wants us delivered. He wants us saved and set free. He wants us provided for. So if that's the case, if his word is saying God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory, then that's how he wants you. So stop talking doubt. Stop talking lack. Stop talking unbelief and give him permission to work in your life. Amen? Stop saying things don't work out for me. Nothing ever works out for me. Because you're giving the enemy that foothold. He wants you to give him a foothold. He'll give you all kinds of things to say. <laughs> Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man. He doesn't lie. He's not a human. Thank you, Jesus. So he doesn't change his mind because we change our mind all the time. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? No. Joshua said that he was faithful to fulfill every single promise that he gave the Israelites, his, his, the children of God. And he's still the same God. So that means he's still faithful to fulfill every single promise that he has spoken to your life, about your children, about your finances, about your health. Thank you, Jesus. He is faithful. Count him faithful. And he'll deliver you. He'll show you his power, his glory. He's a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. Hallelujah. I want to read a little bit about how awesome he is. Let's turn to Psalms 91. What has God promised you and I? And this is a little portion. But, you know, we need to remind ourselves, what's God promised me? What's God say about me and my family? What's God say about what I'm going through. Psalms 91 says, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. So we're testifying of God today. This I declare of the Lord. He's my refuge. He's my place of safety. He is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue me from every trap. He will protect me or you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers and shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armor and your protection. But you got to hold him to his promise. you got to have faith and believe that he's faithful to fulfill those promises. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night or the arrow that flies in the day. Don't dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes in the midday. What happened with this this virus is that the enemy tried to infiltrate fear into the hearts and lives of, of every single person on the face of this earth so that they would trust in what he was doing rather than what the enemy was or what God or what the enemy was doing rather than what God was doing. God said he'd be faithful and deliver us from anything that strikes in day or night but people became focused because the enemy broadcasted it with all the media and all that he broadcasted it and planted fear in the hearts and lives of the people 
God wants us to focus on what he says, not on what the world is saying or the enemy is saying. Amen? Though a thousand may fall at your side, it doesn't say people aren't going to fall. But he says, though a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 are dying around you. These evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see that the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the most high your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands, and you won't even hurt your foot against a stone. You will trample on lions and cobras and crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. They will call on me. I will answer them. I will be with them in times of trouble. I will rescue and honor them. I will reward long life. Will I satisfy them and show them my salvation? These are all promises of God. But sometimes the devil is like a roaring lion, like he's trying to roar really loud in your life. He's trying to attack really big in your life. And sometimes um, people become focused on that and not realizing they're actually giving the enemy more of a foothold till they're pulled in to what the devil's doing. We need to remind ourselves of what God spoke and remind him of what he spoke and keep it before our eyes. The word of God says if we'll meditate on the word day and night in Psalms 1, he says we'll be like a tree planted by streams of living water. Our, our leaves will not wither and whatever we do will prosper. Why? Because God starts watching over his word that you're meditating on day and night. And he starts performing it in your life. But if you're not in the word and meditating on the word, what is it that's going to grow? There's nothing to grow because you've planted no seeds. We need to meditate on the word, plant his word in our heart, and let it grow. Let him have something to watch over and perform in our lives. The more I look at um, God's faithfulness, the bigger my faith gets in how he's a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. Amen. And that's what, that's what God wanted to do today. I don't know what the enemy's tactics are. I don't know what the devil's trying to do in your life. But God wants it fresh and new in your mind that he's faithful. And that he will deliver you. And that he's, he's uh, by Jesus' stripes, you were healed. Amen. That God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory. Stop looking at that bank account or that checking account that would determine whether you're to give or not. But the word of God says, give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. The word of God should be the final say in our lives. Because when it's the final say in our lives, when we watch, when we act upon it, he knows that we believe it. And when we believe it, he watches over it and performs it. Amen? I want him to work in my life. I want him to work out his promises in my life. I want to give him complete permission. Actually, I want to shut the door on the enemy and not give him any permission to work in my life. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So what we're doing is solidifying that God's good. <laughs> Nothing in this, en this, this world, no attack of the enemy is from the Lord, you know. Um, there's nothing negative that's going on your, in your life that you should be enduring, thinking that the Lord is putting you through it to teach you a lesson. God, the word of God says in, in um, James 1.17, every good gift and every perfect gift comes down from the Father above. So that means that if it's not good and it's not perfect, it's not from God. So don't, I mean, don't uh, <laughs> think you have to endure that. Focus on the promise of God. Find a promise in the word of God that says the contrary. If, if you're going through sickness or disease, he purchased my freedom. You know, he healed my diseases. He had stripes upon his back. He took upon himself all sickness. Amen? Whatever it is you're believing for, whatever it is that's trying to come against you, find what the word says and settle on it. Be determined that God is going to be faithful to watch over that word to perform it. Hallelujah. God told me to testify of him and how he works, um, helping the people to recognize and give him glory. 
when we glorify or we focus on something, it gets bigger. And like I said before, if you focus on what the enemy is doing, it seems like it starts getting bigger. In fact, we get pulled in more, sucked in more to, to what the enemy is doing, whether it's in our lives or in this world. We get sucked into that. We, we focus too much on the news. We're going to get sucked into that, you know. But God wants us to focus on his news. <laughs> focus on what he says. Amen. He wants us to recognize and give him glory because when we give him glory, he can perform and do mighty works. He can, can show forth his glory in your life. If you want God's glory to be shown forth in your life, you want miracles in your life, breakthrough in your life, you're going to have to focus on what he's all about. He's about deliverance. He's about freedom. He's about healing. He's about setting the captives free. Amen? He gives us so many scriptures. And the word of God says that out of the mouths of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. There is more than enough scripture on salvation and healing and deliverance and and provision. All of that is in the word of God as a promise to his people. And remember, he doesn't change. He will watch over that word to perform it. And that's why he wants us to remind him of what he said. Not because he's forgotten, but he's really kind of in a way reminding you. getting you to study the word and remind him and remind yourself in the meantime that this is the God I serve. He's a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God, and he is faithful to all generations. Glory to God. So don't blame God. This is very important. Do not blame God for what the enemy is doing in your life. Do not blame God or put the stamp of God on anything negative happening in your life. And don't start complaining when you're trying to focus on God. The last thing you want to do is start complaining, giving the enemy a foothold in your life. Because God is faithful and uh, murmuring and complaining is ungratefulness. And that does not give him glory. Does not give him glory. We see what happened to the Israelites when they murmured and complained. In 1 Corinthians 10, 9 and 10, it says, don't grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the angel of death. Yikes. Don't grumble and complain when God's trying to do something in your life. Just because the enemy comes to try to steal it does not mean God is not going to be faithful. He will be faithful, even if it means you're going to get thrown into the fire as a display of his glory. Continue to hold him to his word. He will remain faithful. He will watch over his word to perform it. You have to be so determined that God's word is the final say, and it is. Don't get into griping and complaining. You're stopping up heaven from working in your life they hindered themselves from entering the promised land. God had mercy, 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 and then finally the angel of death came. It wasn't God. It was the permission they gave to the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy in their life. So you cannot say that that was God. God's desire for you is 3 John 1, 2. Beloved, I wish, it's his desire, I wish, it's not an automatic, I wish above all things that you would prosper, that you would be in health, and that your soul would prosper. That's what God wants is to be able to perform all these things in your life, every area. But we need to focus on him and give him permission to work. Amen? The minute you have this temptation to think on something negative or you hear this word and the enemy comes to try to steal the word, no, I cast that down because God's word is true. No matter what it looks like, God is faithful and he will fulfill his word. Uh, Something hits your bank account and it goes into the negative. Nope, nope, nope. I have given my tithe. I have given my offering. I thank you, Lord, that as I give, I also receive. I thank you, Lord, that you're, you're supplying all of my needs according to your riches in glory. See, when we're obedient to the word of God, we can claim the word of God. When we're obedient to do what he's told us to do, we can claim him watching over his word to perform it. If Moses knew that God could part the Red Sea and God told him to lift up the staff, hold his arms up, and he would part the Red Sea, if he didn't do what God told him to do, he could not hold God to his word about being faithful to part the Red Sea. Why is it we think that we can take bits and pieces of the word of God and not act upon it, and we want to hold God to his word and see him fulfill his promise? we got to hold up our end of the bargain. we got to do what God's told us to do. 
in all of the word if we want to see him fulfill his word in our lives. Amen? Because then we can um, have confidence. We can have confidence when we claim the word of God. If we're obedient, he says, if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. If we're willing to do what God's told us to do and we're obedient, we can have, we can have assurance that he'll watch over that word to perform it. Amen? Hallelujah. So what God wants us to have is a grateful and thankful heart for all that he has done in our lives. He doesn't want us focusing, you know, any of us can walk around with our head down. Any of us have two or three or four or 200 things that the enemy has tried to do in our lives. There's not a one of us who has not been under some kind of attack, whether today or throughout the year. We've all had, you know, that opportunity to be attacked or tempted or tested or tried. But God still wants us to hold him faithful, to watch, let him watch over his word to perform it. And he still tells us that he wants us to be thankful to him for all that he has done. Hebrews, and, and you know, the disciples went through storms and they were with Jesus. So we're with Jesus. And, it, and just because we have Jesus living with us and in us doesn't mean we're not going to have storms in this life. But his promise to them was, let's go over to the other side. They still had to go through some things to get over to the other side. But they had assurance. Sometimes they wavered. But they had assurance that he would hold true to his word. So you just need to do the same thing. So what if the enemy tries to do something? It's an attack for the word's sake. You know? It's an attack to try to steal the word from you. Just hold the promise close to your heart. Meditate on it day and night. And he says you'll be like a tree planted by streams of water. You'll prosper in all that you do. Hold fast to your profession of faith and don't waver even if you go through a storm. He promises in Hebrews 13.5, hold, hold some promises dear to your heart that he'll never leave you or forsake you, that he's with you always. Okay, Lord, I know that I'm, the enemy's trying to cause a storm and trying to cause waves right now, but Father, I thank you that I'm not alone, that you're in the boat with me and I'm going through to the other side. I thank you, God, that, that even though I might feel like I'm in a fiery furnace and, and people are coming at me, I thank you, Lord, that you're with me in the fiery furnace, according to Hebrews 3, and uh, I'm, I'm going to come out of this fiery furnace without the smell of smoke on me. I'm going to be a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is faithful and he delivers me. Amen? Hallelujah. So don't get into being discontent or griping or complaining. Don't get into complaining about your money, your position. Don't get into complaining about, um, you know, like the Israelites did, uh, and, and open any kind of door to the enemy to work in your life. Just know that God is a good God. God is a faithful, covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God, and he'll bring you through. He will bring you through. Amen? Romans 8.28, it's a promise and God causes all things to work together for the good to those that love him and are called according to his promise. Those um, who love him keep his commands. Keep his commands before your eyes. Keep his commands before your heart. Do what he's told you to do. Count him faithful. And the word of God says he will deliver you. He will deliver you. He's a good, perfect God. Hallelujah. He is not to blame, and we should never blame him for the attacks of the enemy. Remember, if it's good and perfect, it's from God. If it's an attack of the enemy that has killed, stolen, or destroyed, don't blame God. It's an attack of the enemy trying to throw you off kilter. It's not from God. Just keep your focus on him. Just keep praising him for his faithfulness. And he'll bring you through that storm. He'll bring you through that fiery furnace. And you'll be able to testify of the goodness and faithfulness of God. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants us to remember to rejoice and be thankful um, for his faithfulness and for his goodness to all generations. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18. 
He says, rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. Does it mean you feel like it? No. Does it mean that it looks like you're in a time of rejoicing? No. Like Austin taught, you don't always feel like dancing and singing. But guess what? He deserves it. Whether you feel like you're out of the storm or out of the fire, he deserves it. And in fact, it's what brings your breakthrough. Like Paul and Silas, they were chained up. You might feel chained up and bound. Well, what more of a perfect time for you to start shouting victory, for you to start focusing on that he's your deliverer and counting him faithful to deliver you. When they start praising and worshiping God, what you're doing is you're focusing on that he's your deliverer, he's your healer, he's your savior, he's your provider, and you're getting lost in his promise. And then he starts watching over that word to perform it in your life. Amen? That's when miracles happen. So, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Why does God want us to thank him in the midst of every circumstance? Because if you'll focus on him, the devil will not have a foothold. That's why it's the will of God for you. Is because if you focus on him, it gives him permission to bring the blessing, the provision, and the deliverance on your behalf. Amen? Hallelujah. Philippians 4, 4 says, Keep on rejoicing in the Lord at all times. I will say it again. Keep on rejoicing. Keep on thanking him for being faithful. Amen? Because he is a covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God. And he will deliver you. He will set you free. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, a couple days ago, I didn't know what it meant, and I didn't know what it was about. But uh, a couple days ago, you want to put on some, like, instrumental music or something? Maybe even, I don't know if there's praise instrumental music. Um, But a couple days ago, I had um, a dream, a spiritual dream, and I was up here, and there was people lined up on the right side, and people were coming up one at a time. And that's all I knew about the dream. And that's all I saw about the dream. And I didn't get an interpretation until this morning. I was driving here. And all of a sudden I seen the vision. I saw the vision again or the dream again of, of this happening. And I asked the Lord, what does that mean? Why are you bringing it back up again? And he said he wants people to testify of his faithfulness and of his goodness. It's, I don't care if you're going through something right now. God is good. And he needs you to focus on it. And so actually, as an act of your faith, he wants you to get in line and he wants you to testify of his goodness and of his faithfulness. Why? Because, over on the right side, please. um, Because, that's what I saw. (laughs) He wants you to testify of his faithfulness and goodness because when you do focus on that, it gives him permission to watch over his word to perform it. Amen? Hallelujah. And so we're just going to give God that opportunity. Austin, Courtney. She can grab that one. Well, I had a different testimony. Oh, okay. Well, which testimony should I give? God has been so faithful, and his cup is just overflowing. And, uh, and just, I was just sitting there, you know, thinking, oh, she wants me to do uh, the... Uh, offering today and I was, you know the enemy just instantly came in well what are you going to testify on you know what are you going to preach on that fear just wants to grip you instantly and I just started thinking of all the things that God has done for you all the words that he's given me everything